0: Geico presents, oh, not again, another voicemail from your roommate. Hey, man, so I was in a rush to get to work and I left the back door open. Could you shut it? I left it wide open. Uh, While you are there, could you also turn off the oven and all of the burners? (laughs) My mom never let me use the oven. I wonder why. (laughs) The Geico Insurance Agency could help keep your personal property protected, like if it's your roommate's first time operating an oven. Visit GEICO.com to see how easy it is to switch and save on renter's insurance. Feral Audio. This feels terrible.
1: Hello, and welcome to This Feels Terrible. I'm your host, Erin McGathy. Put on a kettle, locate a tea bag containing your favorite tea because today's episode is very cozy. My guest on the show this week is Alison Spittle, who is arguably Ireland's fastest rising comedian with a sitcom currently in production, an excellent podcast of her own that's also a live show, and just all around great vibes. Allison is actually the first person I met in Ireland, literally the first person, um, not literally the first person, after the airport and checking into my hotel. I met her way back in 2014 when I came to Dublin on my honeymoon, and if you are new to the podcast. I'll just let you know right now that I'm no longer married to avoid confusion. Anyway, I knew I wanted to record a podcast while I was in Dublin. So I reached out to English friend, comedian, uh, improviser, Paul Foxcroft, who is closer physically to Ireland than I was being from Los Angeles. And I didn't know anyone in Ireland. And he recommended Allison. Allison met me at the hotel where I was staying and we recorded a podcast and I never aired that podcast. I don't remember exactly why it was a fine podcast. I think it's just because following my honeymoon, things weren't great for me personally and everything just kind of got uh, just fell apart. <laughs> anyway, um, cut to about six months ago. I was I was kind of living in Dublin, but not officially yet. And I sat down with Allison to record another episode. Uh, and we did that. But I had the settings on my Zoom recorder a little bit off and the audio was really bad. So I, I got rid of that. And what you're about to hear is actually the third time Allison and I recorded an episode of this podcast. So she's she's almost like the most repeat guest on the podcast. Uh, And I can say with confidence that this is the best of the three recordings. Allison talks about difficulties growing up in a small village in Ireland, and she talks about dating, and we talk about some body image issues, and it's a very cozy convo. If I was to pair this conversation with an activity, that activity would be rearranging a bookshelf, maybe, or uh, taking a warm bath on a rainy day, which happens to be my new favorite thing. Um, speaking of baths, I, I did the most decadent thing ever the other day. I took a bath. I didn't need one. I had already taken a shower that day, but I took a midday bath uh, because it was raining. And in the cottage I just moved into, there's a there's an awesome skylight in the bathroom. So there's rain pelting on the skylight. And I and I drew a really warm bath. And I used one of my lush bath bombs. There's like a vanilla coconut buttery situation. And I put on one of my favorite podcasts, uh, the Adam Buxton podcast, which is truly One of the best shows ever. I feel like I've mentioned it here already. Uh, But I just want to say, if you are a David Bowie fan, listen to his Bowie Wallow episodes that he recorded last year, which is episode 13 and 14 of the podcast. He also has incredible guests like Richard Aiawati and John Ronson. And he's not telling me to promote his podcast on my podcast, but I care about you guys. And I want you to listen to nice things. Anyway, I put on his podcast, uh, but I didn't stop there. I pulled a cool craft beer out of the fridge. I drank a beer while in the bath. I'm a maniac. I didn't even like wash my hair or anything. I was just sitting in warm water in the buttery warm water, listening to a man I've never met. Talk about another man I've never met. Anyway, so here's my conversation with Allison Spittle. A quick note, in the middle of recording, we had to move from Allison's sitting room to her bedroom. And the, the, comfort, the transition was really abrupt because her housemate came home and I was going to just leave it all in. But it's kind of hard to understand what's going on. So instead, I have a little treat for you. I threw in a song transition. The song is called Running Through Riverbeds. And it is by a folk musician Timothy Cushing off of his 2014 album. Hunting songs. So enjoy that. And without further ado, here's Alison Spittle. There was no dating really in regards to guys
2: in my village Um, because I grew up in an estate and like I would get into physical fights with boys when I was like 13 and stuff. I was very big tomboy. And uh, also like I was a fat teenager so there wasn't really that much in regards to dating and i was kind of happy about that because i mean some of my friends were treated so badly yeah so badly that i would kind of be happy that i wasn't attractive do you know Mm. um protected yeah protected by (laughs) this fat protects against cold and against cold
1: (laughs) men (laughs) what were some of the things that your that your friends went through
2: they were just used Mm. they were just used physically and they were very young and Mm. when I look back at it now I'm just like it's morally reprehensible, never mind illegal what some of these people did and I think if I look back at, like if it ever happened to my sisters I would go crazy but because you're the same age as them, you just think it's really cool that someone who has a car would find your friend attractive yeah so boy,
1: does that change when you get older oh my gosh doesn't realize that... how disgusting it is to... yeah yeah
2: and it put me off it put me off it put me off uh being upset that men didn't like me mm. in that way because i think i totally i saw what happened to my friends and i you know heard about just them and their emotional trauma mm-hmm. over it that I would intentionally be weird as well around like because I was friends with loads of boys and stuff and I just went mm-hmm. this is just better to be friends with them because when you're friends with them they don't hurt you right if you're in relationships with them they do
1: so I just would, thought that there was this whole dark side to them that you didn't want to yeah, open
2: yeah. up at all. Yeah. yeah, and I was kind of happy with that. And I listened to a lot of Marcy at the time and he apparently was asexual. I was like, well, that's what I am.
1: Mm.
2: And uh, yeah, so I would, I would just be weird, uh, listen to my music. And as well as that, cause I was the oldest child in my family. And Isn't I didn't- Is he gay? Yeah.
1: Right. Okay. He's not asexual. <laughs> right. <laughs> sorry, I, you said that. I always. Uh, yeah.
2: Oh, sorry. When I was a teen, though, it, like it, he said, it he seemed was like it was a very good solution. Right. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. And uh, like I would, um, trying to think of a way. So, like, when a guy did like me, I remember the first guy that liked me, and this was like I was fifteen. And his name was Patty Paddy. We'll call him Paddy.
1: Um, <laughs> I thought you were saying his name was Patty Patty. <laughs> yeah,
2: Patty Patty. <laughs> Patty, Patty. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, Like that guy you shot Bobby Kennedy. Didn't he have like
1: two names that were the same? Oh, I don't. I His, I think his name so. escapes, escapes me. Yeah, I know. And you know what? I know it, but I'm just not going to say it on this podcast because I don't want to glorify his name. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> but
2: we'll glorify his Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad to see the level <laughs> I
1: have a weird
2: moral metric but at least I have one yeah um, no, so I suppose he said he liked me and we went on a date and he bought me flowers and it was Valentine's Day and I didn't know what to do and it was like it was like I was a feral child or something. <laughs> but I just got the flowers and I bashed them off the side of a shopping center, a
1: shopping mall. Right, as he gave them to
2: you? Yeah, as yeah. he gave to in front of him. Just smashed them several times and then like oh. slapped them on the back and go, ha ha! Like, that was funny. You know? So, so like, that didn't last long.
1: That was, uh, <laughs> what a metaphor. I know! What was I doing? <laughs> uh, yeah, the, fir- the first boy that that ever liked me I we were quote-unquote going out for like a day yeah and I called him uh and just said to him don't tell anyone we're going out anymore and he said why and I said because we're not oh. I hung up the phone <laughs> but I thought it was hilarious or something and then the yeah. next day at school I was like "Ha!" because I was just really uncomfortable with the idea of someone liking me at because I I felt kind of like he was making fun of me, and I was like, "Well, I'll beat either to the punch." Oh, that's exactly how I felt. Yeah, well. yeah. And as well as
2: that, like uh, I was used to being like when I was a teenager, I was actively rude to these uh, men that would court my friends. You know, because mm. I knew I knew even at that age that it was it it wasn't right. Mm-hmm. And just just like the age gap would be like five or six years, and we yeah. were like young. And uh, they didn't like me, and you know they would call me names or they would, because I, I was just the the fun killer in that regard,
1: <laughs> uh, which I mean kind of sounds, I guess it doesn't sound cool, but <laughs> yeah, no, it isn't cool. It isn't cool. But the fun killer. I was the you boner be a police. fun killer as well. <laughs> yeah, cock, cock blocker. Yeah, I was I
2: was the best at it as well, but. Um. Yeah, so I, I didn't So, yeah, I didn't deal with that very
1: well I felt, I, I was in that position a lot growing up as well And was also, like, heavy and kind of protected by male attention Right In that way, whether it was, like, on purpose or not, I don't know But do you think there's something to, like, there? there is the stereotype of, like, the the quote-unquote like ugly fat friend in yeah. the group who's who's getting in the way of the guy's fun do you think that comes from like because I definitely did that a lot grow like with my friends where I felt like I needed to protect them like I was yeah. the only person who was like thinking clearly like
2: he, what do you yeah. I I lived up to that stereotype yeah me too I like, definitely but, did. yeah but it's like I always judge a person if they are mean to animals or to waiting staff. Sure. If they're mean, then I'm like, you're not a good
1: person generally. So you don't deserve. I want to put it it does kind of sound like you're comparing waiting staff to animals.
2: Well, do you know what? I'm comparing myself. (laughs) I'm joking. I'm comparing myself. So it's like, if you're a guy and you can't even be cordial to the person that you don't want to fuck, then you don't deserve the attention of the person that you want to fuck. And yeah. I've been always like that,
1: yeah, and well, it's a matter of like are you actually a nice person? Is your yeah. niceness motivated by you wanting to get your dick wet another yeah. another phrase I hate, but.
2: yeah, but it's such a high risk it was such a um, it was such high stakes anyway, because the village is so small, people talk, and it was just horrible, like uh, the way some of the guys would it wasn't just a matter of I want to stop them fucking but it was a matter of I want to stop them fucking so that person doesn't go up to that woman's father and mm. brags about it because that happened in my village. Really? yeah yeah, like that the, happened. the boy would go up yeah the boy went up with the man whoa he, yeah went up to yeah I, I won't say any more because if I say specifically what right, happened, right, right. it's going to be that person, you know, everyone knows. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Wow. That's, that's wild. Is that, like, um, where do you think that comes from? What was that motivated by?
2: That was motivated by, um, as well as that, because I grew up in a council estate in Ireland, uh, which is like in a, government like, housing. Right, right. So... I was about to say assisted
1: living. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the opposite. I would
2: love it. that. I would love that. But I, because we lived in government housing, there was like a different society. Like the, the people, the people that treated my friends this way did not live in mm-hmm. government housing. They lived in private housing. So there was a bit of a kind of, it was a bit like they're not really people. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter right. what we say because your options were because everyone's related there. So, the, right. so your options were either your relatives or if you if you didn't have a big family there, it was very difficult to kind of
1: be... But now I'm okay because right. fine. Right. <laughs> 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 your, your eyes looked like you were drifting off into a pretty dark abyss and they were like, no, but now I'm fine. Yeah, I'm fine. I know. I You're know. doing
2: great. Yeah, but I do love the village It's so fucked up And it's Then when I talk about this By the way It is about five people In that whole village That did right. that Right right And it's not my village And like, if you're
1: listening It's not you It's somebody else
2: Yeah Or it's just <laughs> It's just like It was a great place To grow up though And I think It's not uh, It's not systemic Sorry It's not It's not that one place It's, it's an example of Ireland I'm going to pop on the heat and If that's okay Because I'm sure, yeah. a tiny bit cold
1: of course. Uh, no problem. <laughs>
2: going get... to mm-hmm. Beautiful. Oh, you
1: gave my guy a hat. <laughs> Ooh, lovely. <laughs> yeah, one of these... I, I can never remember, but one of these mics is better than the other one. And I think this one might be... Nice. Slightly better. Oh. Cool. So you're writing, uh, can I
2: say the name of your show? Oh yeah, we're going to change it. Oh because, you are? Okay. Because people don't know what a oh. blow-in is, apparently, really? oh. internationally. Oh, okay. It sounds like blowjob. <laughs> <laughs> so, I thought it was such a good name. I know, so yeah. if you can think of a better one, I'd totally be happy. Blowjob. Blowjob, that's what <laughs> call it. But it is, that's based around my village, but that's based around... Uh, because my village is like a good community of people really funny people and uh really really nice and it kind of doesn't sound like it from what i said before it's so fucked up because it's literally it's not even that i'm going disclaimer it's only five people i think it affected me loads like of course yeah. my whole i think my whole the way i approach uh men and love and all that it has affected me like so mm. it's hard to so when it affects you that much but it's so small in the grander scheme of things it's so hard not to sound like you and it's not even that it is it, not that big of a deal <laughs> it's just right, yeah. it's just it's so hard it's so hard to um talk about something negatively but yet still say you, you love that place and I do feel mm. like it's my home and every time I kind of like you because you're the only person I, I I, think I verbalized it to because you're from America and it doesn't matter and the way I try to explain things to you anyway <laughs> it's yeah, it's like me explaining it to myself mm. and uh, yeah I just I just uh, so it is it is kind of based around the village and my family and stuff and uh, well not too much it it's <laughs> Because you have to change it.
1: Yeah, of course.
2: So you know,
1: in in this process of writing this show, which is six episodes, thirty. Yeah, yeah, six episodes. Yeah, episodes? Yeah, six, episodes. In this, six episodes. What have you learned about yourself as you've been working on it? I wonder. I think.
2: I think since writing this, I, I think about three years ago, if you would have asked me whether I liked my village or not, I would have said I hated it and I mm. couldn't wait to get out and I'm so happy about it. I think you did say
1: that three years ago. I did, didn't <laughs> like, I? <laughs> oh no, I you? it was about it. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah, no, I did. I did. And I felt that way. And then, uh, but all of my stand up has been practically about my village or about my family or just about being in, in Westmead. And I do feel such a strong identity about Westmead. And then... Because Westmead is a small county in the middle of Ireland. And uh, we have some good musicians from there. Niall Horner of One Direction. And, you know, I'm very proud. Yeah. (laughs) Very proud of him. But it's still a place where... If I, like... So if you you came to me as Erin the tourist and said, Mm -hmm. where would you go in Ireland? Okay, Galway, Clare. The last place, the second last place because the last place I'd say is Longford which is just (laughs) above
1: Westmead.
2: (laughs) No offence to Longford. I am saying that Westmead is shit too. (laughs) But there's no, it's a flat county that you pass through to get to Galway or to Dublin. Mm. But yeah, it's a place that I feel has a strong identity and the identity is, because we're a tiny bit close to Dublin, we don't get our own big shops or anything like that. Right. You are expected to go two hours that way or this way, or kind of put up with your your lot. So I have a strong identity in that way and I hate people slagging it off. And yet I slag it off all the time. <laughs> so, <laughs>
1: and I feel really bad about that. Has anyone from the town ever has said anything about that or are they just happy that it's no, being talked about? Or?
2: They're really happy because I say it in, like I say it when I do comedy about it, I do say it with a lot of love because I do, I do love the place and uh, I love a lot of the people that are there. I used to do one joke about a specific guy uh, that I was enemies with throughout my childhood and mm-hmm. then teenage life and I used to use his real name mm-hmm. because... I was petty, <laughs> but then he heard about it and I had to change it. So uh, yeah, it was a bit of a confrontation.
1: Really, uh, what happened?
2: Yeah, well, he he said, "I hear you using my name in your jokes." This is in person. Uh, what?
1: This was in person, or was? Oh it? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. And I was like, "No."
1: <laughs> <He's>
2: like, <laughs> yes, I was like, "Okay." So now I now I say uh, Benjamin Yetnya, who is my childhood enemy, and I just talk <laughs> about him. <laughs> <laughs> <That's great. laughs> Fuck that guy! <laughs> I have no idea who he is. I just love the sound of his name. I know he's like the pri- former prime minister of Israel, or still is. Sure, okay, there. <laughs> but I, I just heard his name on the news once. So I was like, "That's a funny name." I'll <laughs> use that. So, um, yeah. So, I, I don't feel, I don't feel that they would feel I'm taking the piss out of him I feel more guilty actually about talking about. Uh, growing up there as a teenager because I did feel negative stuff towards it when I was a teenager. But I think a lot of people, every, every person here, especially because I, I was born in London and um, I moved here when I was six. And so as far as I was concerned, like my dad is English and he's very, very English and loves England. He's back there now. Right. And so when I grew up, it was, and as well as that, um, things that like my my teacher, my teacher bullied me uh, when I was, he used to make fun of the way I walked. He said I walked like a man and would Jeez. impersonate my mom and stuff. And I was about 10 at the time. So it was crazy. Yeah. He's, a, he's not working <laughs> as a teacher anymore. So I'll say it. Yeah. So,
0: and even what at that, you, I feel. What did he say
2: about your mom? Oh, he said that my mom, my mom thought I was a genius and then would. Like, this was in front of the class, and then would say, Oh, I'm Alison's mom. Alison's just the best at this and the best at that. And the kids would laugh because they didn't know. They were like, This is the teacher being funny. Yeah. And I always felt out of place because I had an English accent for a while and stuff. And I, as well as that, like.
1: Was that why the teacher was making fun of you?
2: Yeah, or? I don't know. I just don't think he liked me mm. because uh, when I was a kid, I was like really. Uh when I so when I was in uh England I used to read when I was very young, like when I was three and four and stuff, and it was like, Oh, this kid is a protege in my family. <laughs> They'd be like, Look at this, the literate child and you know, as when I was a when I was a young kid it would be like my parents and my grandparents would be like, uh you know, you're know you going to grow up and you're going to go to uni and it's going to be great and you're going to be this great person and it was all very encouraging. So I think I went to that school with too much confidence and in my own <laughs> abilities. Good I know, but it isn't here. Right. And it's fine. <laughs> it's so, but that's, that's the, I think that's the, I think that's why it happened. And it's so, it's so hard to acknowledge and deal with stuff because you just don't want people to think i think in ireland you can't be overconfident and you also can't be petty you just have right. to let things go because bad shit happens all the time and you just yeah. have to deal with it and it's just uh yeah it's just so like, i didn't have a good childhood in ireland mm. because of it and i just tried to make myself as dumb as possible when i went to secondary school i was like this is a new start i'm going to be <laughs> I'm not gonna be, cause I used to put my hand for everything, and I think that really annoyed my teacher. And
1: <laughs> he was a terrible teacher. Yeah, his to, only job is to yeah uh, foster kids' knowledge and encourage them learning. He made fun of you for wanting to learn. But I
2: think <laughs> I think he's a human being that would yeah. I think I rubbed him up the wrong way. I used to. <laughs> He used to make me sit up the front uh, and I would have a chair free beside me. And if anyone was naughty in class, their punishment would be to sit beside me for a week. So- Jesus. Yeah, that's the way it was. So, you know, and it was kind of cool because all the bold kids, you know, the naughty boys would have to sit beside me. And I kind of like looked at them and I was like, ah, their lives are like so cool. They've Mm. the, the best fun.
0: Between these riverbanks and I am hungry, nestled in cold thoughts like stones There's a lunatic upon me, knife and teeth to carve my bones Don't let him drag you down He watched me for some time now he knows my thoughts to leave a track. In the mud like steps in springtime His pursuit it haunts my back Don't let him drag you down Don't let him drag you down
2: yeah, I mean there was Paddy, and then there was a guy called Thomas who I went out with for two months, I think, when I was what eighteen.
1: What happened
2: with Thomas? Eh, uh, how? We, well, we got together uh, uh-huh. via we we did um we did the Westmead Junior County Council, which is a uh, fake.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like anything that starts that way. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. It's a it was a thing that teenagers. Did it was a f- basically I got elected by my school to represent my school in a council for the whole of the county. And uh, the way stuff works in Ireland is there's county councils which are which control the roads and um rubbish and stuff, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they wanted to teach. You know teenagers how politics works and this was an idea of how to do it so
1: it'd be like is it student body that you have or mm-hmm. how student do you... body associated yeah. student body student council
2: Yeah, so mm-hmm. we, i ran for that and he ran for his in his mutual in his school which was uh, a town away and uh we chatted the first day we met and i wanted to run for here locked, which is the Irish word for basically the head of the county council, mm. and he seconded my motion. And oh, <laughs> the rest is <of, laughs> history, of history. Of yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I liked him, I really liked him. I was like, I think he was my first proper crush, um, just because he was so non threatening right yeah as well because he was he was fat like me <laughs> and uh, he also he was just he was just very childish like me as well mm. and I I liked him and then when he liked me back I was like wow this is this is the best like to have someone that likes you back and I thought well this is this is just me done now I
0: yeah <laughs> <Me and laughs> <Thomas>. married yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah 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 <laughs> and uh we we but we were friends for ages and I fancied him and was got, he
1: was that when you the, sorry if this question is so stupid but was that when you realized that you weren't asexual or when did you realize or how do you how do you just not I mean it sounds like you didn't actually like identify as asexual yeah, no. you just were like yeah I okay.
2: just think it's cuz I was a young teenager and all my friends were sexually active right. and I wasn't so I just presumed that was, and I found the men that my friends were going out with like repulsive, right, right. physically repulsive. right. That I, ju- I was just so repulsed and I just thought, well, I'm just repulsed by men. Mm. And then I was like, but I don't like women in mm-hmm. that way mm-hmm. and I don't like anyone in that way what the hell is yeah, going on yeah. with me I well I must be asexual because a 14 year old <laughs> has to find something attractive <laughs> you know and um but this uh this Thomas guy um I started going out with him when I was in 17 I'd say or 16 um basically I ran into him at a music festival and we kissed and we went out for two weeks and he dumped me via text ugh (laughs) and uh, then I met him three years later no two years after that I'd say and I was working for a radio station a local radio station that was big with uh, teenagers at the time and uh, I felt like a little celebrity because I was walking around going I work for this radio station it's the coolest and I hang out with these cool people (laughs) and everything is so cool and I ran into Thomas in a nightclub and he bought me a drink and then we started going out again and then uh, the way we broke up that that time was uh, Facebook he ignored me on Facebook for a week, and I was like, "Aha! Well, we oh. must not be going out anymore."
1: Does that mean that he like clicked a button to ignore you? Oh, he or? just he just ghosted he just said, me. Oh, right. He ghosted me.
2: So that's how I found out that time. I just basically go,
1: "Thomas, are we are we still going out?
2: Because <laughs> <laughs> I've met your mom, and like I yeah. go to your house, and oh, you're not you're contacting Allison, do, me anymore. You don't
1: anymore. exist. You don't exist.
2: Yeah, and i I was really hurt by that for about I'd say a very long time. Yeah.
1: I think ghosting is a really cool way to break up with somebody. Cruel? <laughs> cool. Oh, cool. Yes. Yeah, modern. It's modern. I think I think um I mean it makes it take twice as long. Yeah, really. it does. It <laughs> and does. You just know that someone is languishing far away. I know, and it, it,
2: it's like, Do you know what it's like? It's like instead of you pulling a plaster off very quickly where you get a sharp amount of pain. Yeah, yeah. It's like they're pulling each hair individually. So you're just being constantly annoyed for a week. You're going my hair what the, yeah. the, that's one hair and there's another hair and I'm just worried like what's happening with my hair and it's yeah, all it's yeah. all gone
1: yeah and it's an insecure thing they, definitely they want that like definitely they want someone to go to lose their minds over, <laughs> over them I, I, don't, I don't I think are they just or they just have they, such low self-esteem that they don't think that they could possibly have an effect on anyone else and...
2: I think that's probably it. or I think that he I haven't really analysed it that much to be perfectly honest with you because when I look back at it, I don't think I was that in love with him mm-hmm. at all. So what her I felt, I think, doesn't really matter that much now. Mm. And um, yeah, and as well as that, like, we didn't even go out that long. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. it shouldn't matter. It shouldn't, like in the scheme of things, if I was anyway half normal, I wouldn't even be talking about him. But it's the only person I can, like, it's, this guy well, yeah. it's
1: Patty, any- Thomas and Simon and that's right. it well and when, when anyone ignores you or even if you don't care you, you're you just made to feel insane yeah <laughs> like you are darling. I don't know about you but I go That's only, I think that's only happened to me once really I've never been yeah, dumped face time. to face and really? I dumped poor <laughs> yeah. Patty. Like so maybe it's like my it's you yeah yeah I, I yeah um yeah I just go scorched earth. Do you? Well, just like well, with the with the ghosting thing, I'm just thinking about like the the time that I can think about it. I I ended up just I just ended up sending like a million texts, like were just say <laughs> just say anything. This is insane because we literally made plans and he like stood me up, and then it was just that's fucked No, up. like and. And then months and months later, he apologized. What was his reason? Um, uh, I'll tell I'll tell you after the podcast. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, cool. It, I don't know if I believe him or not. But, uh. Uh, I mean, I think I think he just started dating somebody else, but he had like a big convoluted reason. Do you think that goes... Because it was like very early on. Like, I didn't really care that much. Yeah. It was just like a third date or something. And I think he just like was also going out with this other girl and then they hit it off which is like that's fine you just say that yeah you just say that like i'm not we we weren't betrothed no (laughs) this is like no just a third date to say like hey like i started dating this other person fine i'm gonna feel bad for a little bit but this is making me feel like a a psychopath
2: (laughs) you do yeah i i think because when we started going out facebook was very early in its usage from people. Like we mm. just stopped using Bebo. You didn't did you have Bebo?
1: No. Over there? No. No. I've heard people a... mention it over here though. It's, yeah, it's... adorable. <laughs> Bebo. It's a dead uh, social network. <laughs> how did uh that's a cool name for one of those one of those hip uh vans. It'd be social network social graveyard. Network. Um uh how did you meet Simon, your boyfriend now? Uh
2: we met I met him so yeah. I met him at a I met him upstairs. At a Bebo? At a Bebo. <laughs> <laughs> I met him. Uh, first time I met him was upstairs in the Workman's, which is a pub. And uh, we got introduced by a comedian that said, Alison's a comedian and Simon's a comedian too. And Simon was kind of stopping doing comedy at that mm. point, And I was still doing comedy at that point. And I just remember really hitting it off of him. I started talking about Jesus's hair.
1: And how... Ah, <laughs> uh, story old as time. Yeah. We I mean, started so talking about... The old how, Jesus's hair.
2: Just how pretty his hair is. Yeah, yeah. It's depicted beautifully.
1: Beautifully. <laughs> It'd be weird if it wasn't. I know, that's true. That's <laughs> It'd be true. it if it was like some obnoxious, jump <laughs> Trump-esque, Trump-esque hair.
2: But I But I love the way... Um, I love church iconography I hate the church but I love mm-hmm. church iconography and uh, how they you know they were the main supporters of art back in the day mm. so you know Jesus was going to look ripped and beautiful and <laughs> you know the best um, so we were talking about that and then I didn't see him for a few months I met him at a podcast recording we were both doing a podcast and he walked me home and we didn't kiss or anything like that but I just knew I was in love with him then <laughs> and because we great. just talked so much and yeah. stuff so I would find excuses to text him just uh, uh, just wondering you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah totally not into <laughs> you uh, my weather app is broken yeah it was really it was, <laughs> I, and I would I was so scared I he. I think he's the first person I've ever really fallen in love with because everything felt really high stake. Mm-hmm. About talking to him and stuff, and he couldn't have been a more nicer person and um do you know, but I would send him really big, long texts just about my day, <laughs> and he would send. A uh, smiley face, <laughs> and then I would send another text apologizing for the length of my text
1: floor. Oh, the tango! Yeah, yeah, and we were. We Did were, he ever explain why that was? Or, I mean, he obviously liked you because. You, yeah, 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 yeah. You guys are so crazy about each other. That's, yeah, that's funny. This that. is
2: what he does. That's like, yeah. and he because he's really quiet and I'm mm. really loud. And uh, and
1: obviously he didn't make you feel crazy after you apologized. No, no, he, he was like, cool no, I love those texts yeah, yeah. and stuff,
2: and he was lovely. And we just we went to the cinema together. We watched our first film. We watched was a more, and uh, it was like, a little the, on the nose. I know, I know. But it's such a sad film. I don't I know if I've
1: seen it. It's just funny. <laughs> love.
2: My deepest fear is de- dying. Uh, mm. Like a lot of people. <laughs> um come up with a more original I know, wish I wish it is Oh my. wait. Hello, hello? Okay. okay. But um, like a more is basically about uh, an old couple, a couple that love each other very much. They're elderly and the woman gets a stroke oh, yeah. and it's very sad. And it's the happiest ending in life you could hope for. Do you know what I mean?
1: Getting a stroke?
2: Yeah, like getting a stroke in your late 80s with the person you love. Oh, You've right, spent your whole right, life right, together. Right. Yeah, But I can't see it as nothing but a tragedy. And I was like, the best that we have to hope for is yeah. that ending and it's horrible. Yeah. So I was just snotting and crying so much. Aww. And then we watched The Master together. It was very PTA. <laughs> <laughs> That's very cultured. But I just remember my arm was beside his arm and the tops of our arms were touching and I didn't take my arm away F- for ages and I felt like that was some form of achievement. Yeah. You yeah. know, because I just can't express, I just, I just can't express love for people that much. I think I'm a bit mm. shut down generally.
1: What do you think that is? Uh, and Do you mean romantically or just all all around? I think romantically.
2: I think mm. I'm, I can, I think I can be friends with people easily mm-hmm. And sometimes, especially when I'm older now, I think because I moved around a lot when I was a kid, Mm -hmm. that I would try and read people very quickly and try and skip the whole dance of being someone's friend by going, hey, I like you, I like your hair, let's be friends or whatever. So now when I compliment people, and I find myself complimenting people as soon as I meet them, I'm like, oh, you've just learnt that from school. (laughs) Just be a real person. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? And I think um, my, my biggest thing of me... Myself is trying to figure out what's learned behavior and what's my actual personality, mm. which is hard.
1: But You I, mean learned behavior isn't like cope, cope, coping?
2: Yeah, things? yeah, because yeah. I don't think, I, I don't know why I'm pressuring myself so much to be real when I don't think being real is that great.
1: <laughs> right. What do, you, what do you think being real means? Is, is being the rude. real thing? <laughs> is it like doing what you really want to do versus like what you think you're supposed to do?
2: Yeah, I just, I just think I, um, yeah, I, I, you see, I don't think I know what I want to do in the mm. moment, and then I look back at stuff and go, yeah, it was not. Feet that person said something, and you should have said something back, or whatever. Yeah, and I think I'm so afraid of arguments and confrontation, you I to get so mm. angry. So it's just odd, I think. Uh, but just yeah, just going back, I, I. I just think, it is, I mean, I'm very self-involved and that's, I mean, it's fine. Cause I, I do comedy, so it's cool. Do
1: you think you're more self-involved with, than everyone or? Do, people I feel are generally guilty, guilty for self-involved. being self-involved,
2: mm. but I do. I do think, I don't think I'm as, I think I'm as self-involved as other comedians are. That's a high bar to put your, you know, that's it. I think. Comedians are very self-involved, and they should be.
1: Sure. Do you mean self-involved as in like putting yourself first, or like how does that manifest being self-involved?
2: And self I think that people, I think, comedians right, analyze yeah. themselves and yeah. are and are worried about how they come across mm-hmm. all the time, mm-hmm. and uh, which is fine. Um, but I I know some hanging out with with a person that's very self-involved can be a bit taxing. I've like. And so then I worry that that's how people feel right. about me. So, <laughs> you know, where I go, Well if you're oh, I find this it. behavior annoying. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. But yeah. I mean, like, there's a difference between being self-involved and being self-examining. Like, your yeah. work is, like, you explore yourself and talk about yourself and who you are and write about who you are because you're making other people feel... Less alone, or may, maybe maybe yeah. it's not maybe it's not so nobly motivated, but that's the byproduct of that is people getting to because you're an artist and they get yeah. to see that experience and they are not able to express themselves the way that you are, but yeah. they see you doing that and that makes them feel less alone. That's, so you have to be that's the best byproduct of it,
2: and I feel <laughs> genuinely like I think because I I wrote an article about uh two years ago about um street harassment and stuff that. Um, I was just ranting about how I felt after it, mm-hmm. and then people were like, "Oh, I have that too, and it makes mm-hmm. me sad and stuff." And and I just want to fight for them, <laughs> but I'm not <laughs> fighting for them because that's an unhealthy thing. But I mean, I'd like to physically fight for them. Like if someone right, yeah, hurt yeah, them, yeah. I'd be like, "Fuck you, this person is great." <laughs> um, you know. Like um, so yeah, sorry. No, you're
1: cool. You're cool. So what were we talking about before that? Or Uh well we were talking about Simon and stuff. But I'm yet. but I'm interested like in the like being authentic Yeah thing. That's such a it's such a weird thing because it's because I you know, who is what is your authentic self and isn't your authentic self a combination of like learned behaviors and I think it is. All I, things. I don't
2: And I feel weird when people compliment me for being authentic because 'cause I'm like, no I'm not. I'm a comedian. <laughs>
1: I'm the fakest you could ever get. So, when people feel <laughs> Do you really feel that way like you're fake? I mean, it, it it's it's weird when you talk about personal things on stage because you are like presenting it a certain way and you feel s- kind of separate from it, but it's all real stuff you're talking about.
2: Yeah, but it's 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 kind of grappling with it it's grappling with standing on a stage and going, this is how I felt when this happened mm. and then you go um. then you think about it and you're like, uh, what am I, what am I, what am I selling to people? Mm. What is this product? This is just, I'm selling myself mm. and it feels, it feels hard to, to kind of grapple with that. I don't know. I just think about things
1: way too much, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I will say yeah. that there, there there have been a couple of times when I've run into you in, in, t- in town, I'm like, is, is Allison mad at me? I feel like... Yeah? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> were, you, were you
2: mad at me? No, I've never been mad oh, at okay. you. yeah. No. I don't
1: know. Or not mad at me. Because
2: um, I feel that about a lot of people.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I've heard you... I bring, I bring it up because I've heard you say that before.
2: Like, that Do, I think everyone's mad at me. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. I think that's a constant fear, though, because... Mm. I think, I think growing up, like if people didn't like me, they were very kind of straightforward about it. Mm. So the way I tried to be, uh, the way I tried to su- survive social situ- situations generally was to try and make people, as many people like me as possible. And I don't think that's.
1: Uh, I, I don't mean think. that you weren't not nice to me. Right. I know, I
2: know, I, but I kind of totally get where you're coming from. Do you know what I mean? Mm.
1: It does. It does. Say, from the outside, it does seem like it, it. 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 definitely makes sense to hear you say that. You know that everyone liking you thing. It does seem like you spread yourself very thin, and that stresses yeah. you out a bit.
2: It does. It does. And that especially, especially my family now. Mm. I spread myself so thin with them. Like my mum, my mum's an angel, and I can't stay on the phone that long with her because I have to do stuff, and I think mm. that rips me apart. And it's just so... And, and I know that your family is supposed to be the thing. I think it's like this... You see these fucking updates on Facebook with little <laughs> pictures going, you know, your family is like... When you're dying... <laughs> 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 this is going to be the thing you most regret. <laughs> and yeah. It, and it's just... Uh, yeah, I do... I do spread myself so thinly. And I know I'm going to regret it, but I can't stop at this point because I'm trying to I think I promised myself as well that I fucked up in school so hard and I didn't reach the expectations of people and they weren't mad of me they mm. were just because it was such a gradual not reaching expectations mm. I think that I go well look you're you're going to do this and you're going to be a success at this and I think some I'm fat as well like it was just I felt like um, I think pe- people told me you're hobbling yourself already. You I mean you know you'd have such a better chance if you were thinner. And um, who
1: when was when were people saying that?
2: Like people very close to me that just wanted to be to have a bit of honesty. Um, <laughs> and it's not I'm not even mad at them because I think that actually they're kind of right. But it's okay because I just want to do it myself. Mm. And I have a weird relationship with being fat that. I felt it did me well when I was a teenager and <laughs> I feel, yeah, I know it's not,
1: <clears throat> I don't know. I think, I don't know, well, it's a, I mean, it's, a, it's a kind of nuanced thing, obviously, but I think the main reason why you're doing so well right now and people respond to you so much as that you are unapologetically yourself or you project that even if yeah. you don't feel that way all the time, like that's what people see on stage. And I think part of that is you talking about like your relationship with your body. And yeah. I think that, well, I when I see, when I see comedians on stage and they're like really ripped, yeah, I always am like, I mean, it's not fair. <laughs> this, <laughs> What's your
2: darkness?
1: <laughs> yeah, this generalization is not fair at all. But the first thing I, I, I don't, I, I think I there's there's a there's a part of me that doesn't really trust them as much because I I see uh, like a falseness or mm. we, we, yeah, which isn't which isn't fair unless no. all their comedy is about how much time they spend in the gym and like that's how much the they good. care about. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, yeah. that's because that sounds really. True, but but well and it always happens like or it doesn't always happen this way, but a lot of times someone will get success and then they'll get really hot because then they're in the then they're in the limelight and they see themselves on television and then they have to get yeah. in shape and then they're kinda of like ruled by that. But anyway, I don't think it the the advice that it hobbled you or, or, or whatever I think is is kind of think, silly. And you're doing and you're doing so so great and you're doing it all you. like you're not doing other people's show or you are doing other people's shows, but I I mean like <laughs> if you're writing you're creating you've created this niche for yourself. Yeah. It's all one hundred percent you. It's not you're not filling in with something.
2: No. I I, I think um I think people people used to go to I've th- like people used to go up to me and go, you'd be, you know, you've got such a beautiful face, Alison. And I was (laughs) confident. And I was like, Mm -hmm. you know, as soon as you lose the weight, you're going to be incredible. And it was kind of...
1: I've heard that as well, yeah. 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 And it's like, um... Thank you for complimenting the future me. <laughs> you, have such a, you have such a beautiful face. Now I've cut a circle out of this sheet for you. If you just, <laughs> just stick your face through it. You'll and be it, more acceptable to everyone. Yeah. yeah. The, the fucked up thing is as well, like as women, like when you look at the landscape of of successful men and women in comedy, the, I mean, like if you were if you were, like a like a tall. Typical looking. Or I don't know why I added tall, but I meant to say thin. <laughs> yeah. Um. Like I, I, think I did it just because, like, it, I don't know. It makes me feel so icky thinking about like all this shit. But like, you, you would, you would get, you would get more. You'd be cast in as, as in like the typical female roles, which aren't great. Like no. they're, they're not like the roles for like a hot woman aren't. That awesome, <laughs> uh, or there are a lot less awesome parts than yeah. there are for hot men.
2: I'm not even. It's not even like. Um, and I, I'm not even that bitter over it because, like, uh, I did a gig last Sunday, and it was just it was the biggest gig I did, and it was just to my. It was I headlined it, and it was my, it was my show, and people came to see me, and they couldn't have been a cooler bunch. They couldn't have been. Yeah, they were fantastic. The audience, yeah. and it was been so great. It's oh, like it's so all the great.
1: people that, like all these, all these people that that respond me. to you, yeah, yeah. and like ha- like share like a piece of your brain, kind of.
2: And I like them, and like I couldn't, for I couldn't have felt more lo- love because I I think I'm fully in love with comedy, doing stand up. Just the rush. Comedy's that, not a Thomas. I know I'll never leave could ghost me though
1: (laughs) you just get up to tell a joke and just nothing comes out yeah ghosted me
2: please (laughs) um but yeah like even there was this woman in the front row who I met on the street two months ago with her teenage daughter It was lovely and really awkward Mm -hmm. and uh, like just I have a special affinity as well for 14 and 15 year old girls that are not conventionally good looking because I just think it's such a it's such an important part time of their life. And Mm -hmm. I just want to tell them they're going to be okay and Mm -hmm. and you know, um, and her daughter just wanted to be anywhere except here because her mum was just talking to someone she saw on the TV. Yeah. So the mum was so <laughs> nice and full of compliments and everything and then she left and I saw that mum in the front row and it was like you're you're so nice. <laughs> you know what I mean? I couldn't get and like we made eye contact and I was like I recognized her and I knew Yeah. Yeah. And she knew and I, like yeah and that's how I felt all together about doing doing that gig and it's so, how um, and I and you know what since since being on telly as well I can see like very seldomly but some people on Twitter would be like oh, you're annoying or whatever mm. and um, I totally get where they're coming from too <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like yeah I know what's sad about me too <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, yeah, I know, yeah. I know. So, and clearly, I think, like, that makes you feel you're okay with that. It doesn't I think it you. does,
2: yeah, because you That's have to good. assess, and then yeah. you go, Yeah, actually, I do do that. And yeah, I do laugh at my own jokes, <laughs> 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 but I can't stop. And, um, <laughs> and yeah, so it's not, it's, it's, it's just a weird time as well, because, um, I suppose I'm working, I'm working hard, and, and, um, it's, it's it's a nice time to be. I didn't think I'd be here, and it's not even it like and and this comes with a fecking disclaimer. Or I don't think I'm top shit or anything like that. But there is like three years ago where I didn't think I'd make a living at comedy at all, mm. and it was just I was just treading water and going. I'm just so scared in my mid twenties, and um, you know when am I ever going to get off government assistance <laughs> <laughs> and yeah and I just couldn't imagine I didn't think I'd be writing a sitcom and I didn't think I'd be headlining Whelan's and I think I didn't think that because I didn't want myself to be disappointed or Mm. stuff but then you just have to push through and keep going because yeah because I think I think when I was when I, when I fucked up so badly when I was 18 and I had no prospects, I really didn't I just, I really did so badly in my exams and I just left Ireland and went to England to become a telesales tele person and I was just like this is my life now and mm-hmm. and um, I got offered a place in the college even though I didn't get the, the grades to do it but I did an interview a few months ago and I said look you can still do college here so I came back and did that And I just said to myself, you're, you know, this is, you want, you don't want to live like you did before, so you're going to need to plan. Mm -hmm. And that's what I did. And just. How
1: how did you plan? What do you mean?
2: Just, I knew I didn't want to do a nine to five job, so I wanted to do Mm -hmm. radio. Mm -hmm. That's originally what I went to, to college for. And I just loved radio. And I still do. I still do love it. But I think, um. Oh, I had a thought in my head about something. <clears throat> I just had no confidence in myself. So, um, and when I first went to college as well, like we were told by the lecturer, um, um, women don't like other women's voices. So, you know, just being practical here, but it might be best to be a producer or something like that. And there's no...
1: That's such garbage. It's such garbage. Yeah. It's such
2: garbage. But it's amazing, like when you're 19... You take that as gospel because a person mm. has said this from the industry. And I you've think had some
1: bad teachers. I've
2: had some bad <laughs> teachers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um I have. I haven't. I've had a problem with authority over that to be honest with you. Mm. And also so I've always wanted to work for myself and uh I've always um um I think I have a control issue now as well where I just try and do everything and spread myself too thinly. Mm. and uh but uh through 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 being in writers rooms as well writing tv and this is not just my project this has been past projects i didn't think i was funny even though i I was doing stand-up comedy i just knew i liked doing stand-up comedy but it was i just didn't allow myself to think oh it's because you're funny that you're doing this Mm. it's just you like this you need this yeah that's good
1: that's good yeah (laughs) i think that's probably a good attitude to have
2: but when i When I was in writer's rooms and I just had to actually say I am funny and my opinion does matter and Mm. this is why it matters. Or when people would ask me to qualify why I'm here and stuff generally, I think I've become a lot more confident in the past two years. And um, I think I hated myself so much and now I really like myself. Like, it's I'd a, hang out with me.
0: That's good. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good
2: quality. <laughs> you know? yeah, you um, And I really like the people that I've acquired around me. Like, friends. Uh, when you grow up in a village as well, you don't have a choice in the friends you have. Mm. And in a school, I didn't really have a choice in the friends I had either. They're wonderful. <laughs> They're all wonderful mm-hmm. people. Uh, but when you move to a city, you do have a choice. And... uh you make good choices, <laughs> and uh, yeah, everyone's so talented around me and wonderful. And just being around them makes me feel like I can do anything because I know I've got such faith in them, mm. and they're my friend. And, you know, they still hang around me, and it's bad to get validation off other people. But that's what I do. Doing stand up, you get validation off strangers and stuff, mm. but I get validation off just being friends with who I'm friends with because they're so good mm-hmm. you know and they're good people so yeah
1: I'm totally gonna burp two seconds
2: <laughs> not the funniest interview <laughs> <laughs> no it's great yeah yeah,
1: yeah. well th- thanks for doing the podcast
2: yeah no matter I hope I didn't libel anyone too much uh- <laughs>
1: <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Alison if you are in Ireland or the UK go to alisonspittle.com that's one L In Allison to find her upcoming gigs Uh, That's Allison with one L And also if you are anywhere in the world You can subscribe to her To her podcast The Allison Spittle Show I'm even on one of the episodes If you want to hear more of Allison and I Speaking with each other And you can find Timothy Cushing And his music on Bandcamp Go to timothycushing.bandcamp.com Alright, now last week, I asked you all to email me with your stories of things that you've kept from past relationships, totems, etc. And this comes uh, from Kyra, Kyra writes, I have never kept a wallet longer than a month or two until the one my ex-boyfriend gave me for Christmas. To add to the story, it's my first breakup, my first boyfriend at 31 years old, and he was my first sexual partner. It was one of those, it's not you, it's me breakups I've seen in the movies, so I still don't really know what happened. I very easily threw out the lingerie I had bought to wear for him and various other little keepsakes because they only made me depressed. But I can't let go of this wallet, which reminds me of him every day. Long story short, I am heartbroken. We still follow each other on Twitter, and I can't get rid of this wallet. Oh, and he's Scottish. All right. So thank you very much, Kyra, for sending that in. And thank you to everyone for sending in those emails. Uh, I am going to post a picture of the wallet on the This Feels Terrible Instagram account. Uh, Speaking of, we have a This Feels Terrible Instagram account, so why don't you go ahead and follow that username This Feels Terrible. And this week's question for you guys is what is something about yourself that you don't want others, be them romantic partners, strangers, or friends to learn about you? So give that a think. You can keep it anonymous. Email your answers to thisfeelsterrible at gmail.com. That's it for me. Thank you for listening. You are my favorite. Take care of yourself. I'm going to leave you with one more song by Timothy Cushing. So... Here's uh Tim taking us out. the gath attack.
0: the insurance industry-leading app that lets you manage your policy anytime, anywhere, which means that GEICO is always there for you, if only everyone was always there for you. Like Animal Control, when you're cornered in your garage by an angry possum. Hi, me again. Uh, You guys said you would be here about an hour ago, and um, I think the possum is starting to get angry. uh, Listen, I thought if I fed it, it would go away, but now it is ripping holes in the drywall and making some sort of nest. Just call me back. (laughs) GEICO, always there for you with savings and the industry-leading mobile app.